The views and opinions expressed in the Hide and Seek podcast are those of the participants and do not necessarily reflect the views, positions, or opinions of the host or contributors. Hey everyone, this is Sarah. Most of you know me from the Hide and Seek podcast discussion group on Facebook. Do you enjoy the Hide and Seek podcast? Would you like to show your support? Head over to Apple iTunes, leave us a five-star review, and follow us so you never miss an episode. You can interact with us as well as share your thoughts, ideas, and theories on this season's episodes by joining the Hide and Seek podcast discussion group. Find us by searching Hide and Seek podcast discussion group on Facebook. The following podcast may contain strong language and is intended for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Sweet dreams are made of this. 24-Hour News Aid's Brady Gillum went to Sturgis tonight to speak with the missing woman's mother about what may have happened to her daughter. I can tell you where she most likely is. I hadn't seen anybody that I felt comfortable saying anything to until today. The stories they tell are pretty They're pretty freaking gruesome. I kept all the text messages, Facebook messages, the messages between me and Brittany. I have all of them. I have everything. I told him, I said, I'll kill all the motherfuckers. And I was going to have my people fucking take care of it. I'll just say Brittany's name out of nowhere just to see what somebody says. Because this little town around here would be hard to hide something like that. Because eventually everything comes out. To me, some days I don't believe anything happened to her. I think she's just love. This is Hide and Seek, Season 3. I'm your host, James Basinger. Hey guys, in last week's episode, you heard the aftermath of Ashley's polygraph, and you listened to the condensed version of our 45-minute car ride back to Chuck's. You also heard Eric S. caught up in his feelings of being big mad when he called me and told me to fuck off. We listened while Chris tried to make sense of a missing post she thought she saw on Brittany's most recent Facebook. The post, she says, was made by Brittany and was about her mother dating her ex-boyfriend, Cage. After further discussion, we determined that Chris wasn't sure what Facebook profile of Britney's she saw this post on, and she wasn't sure who deleted it, if it was actually deleted. Ethan and I head off to the airport the next day. I have a lot on my mind, and there's so much Sarah and I have to go over. The plane ride home gave me a lot of time to think. We've come a long way, but there's more to be done. Thinking about the work Sarah and I have ahead of us is a bit daunting. The GPR is something that we both think is really important, but the logistics of it are complicated. I'm back in Washington, and we waste no time. We hit the ground running. Sarah and I take a look at our suspect board and add details from my trip. There's a lot to add, but for now, we have other points to wrap up. Sarah has been working on the GPR details while I was traveling. 
Our biggest adversary right now is the weather. If there's too much snow, they can't proceed. If it's too cold, raining, or if the snow has melted, causing standing water, they can't complete the job. Coming in a strong second in the adversary category is time. We have a matter of six weeks to get it fully completed. The property owners have been extremely cooperative, but soon, the land will need to be prepared for crops. If we can't get this completed by the time crop planting comes, we won't be able to complete this until the fall, when the crops are all done for the year. It would be detrimental to the progress we're making if we have to shelf the GPR for next fall. Sarah and I get in touch with Mike and Sean and make arrangements for them to get back out to the property as soon as they can to complete the GPR. Mike and Sean told us previously that they have experience working this sort of situation. They understand the urgency and appreciate our position and that we're working against the clock, but need to be effective. We feel lucky and I'm grateful to have them join our mission to bring Brittany home. From the moment Sarah contacted them, they have been remarkably easy to work with, cooperative, and knowledgeable. Their expertise has been invaluable to us. Sarah will explain a little more about the GPR before we jump into it. Ground penetrating radar is a geophysical survey method that uses pulses of electromagnetic radiation to image the subsurface. It provides a non-intrusive and non-destructive method of surveying the subsurface. GPR is now a widely accepted tool that's used to identify a variety of underground features like utility lines, pipes, large boulders, changes in the soil layers that could affect construction, or even something as simple as locating the depth of groundwater to develop wells for drinking. Most GPR equipment looks kind of like a lawnmower, and it's rolled slowly across the predetermined survey area in a grid pattern. The base of the unit sends an electromagnetic pulse into the ground, and the echoes that bounce back are recorded with special software. The software translates these echoes into images of the anomalies that were found in the subsurface. Law enforcement has used this method to successfully locate forensic evidence and countless clandestine graves. In a circumstance where the goal is to find human remains, once anomalies are located, the next step might be digging or extracting soil samples from the area where the anomaly was identified. If the anomaly is located under concrete, the next step would likely be breaking through the concrete to access the anomaly in the subsurface. This is typically done under the supervision of a forensic archeologist and law enforcement. In situations where there is no barrier, like concrete, a prong is used to extract a soil sample from the subsurface where the anomaly was detected. The soil sample can then be presented to cadaver dogs to determine if there's the presence of gases that are characteristic of human decomposition. If there is, and the dogs alert positively, then a more invasive method, like digging, would be the next appropriate step. A few weeks later, 
we've managed to come up with a date to get Mike and Sean back to the property. The night before the GPR continues, Sarah and I are anxious. I can't sleep. I lay in bed wondering if we're going to be able to pull this off. Will the weather hold out? That's the question. I check the weather app again. It's cold and broke. It's overcast. And it looks like there may be rain later in the day. By sending them out there, we run the risk that they may not be able to complete things because of weather or maybe even standing water on the property from snowmelt earlier in the week. We're really pushing the deadline too. We're right at the end of our timeline and the urgency to get this done is screaming in my face every day. The next morning I'm awake early and see a message and missed call from Sarah. All right. Um, Sarah Jo uh, has an update on the GPR. Hello. Oh, hey. Hi. All right. So you got an update on the uh, GPR guy? Yeah. They did it today. They did as much as they could today. He would like to go back and finish the rest, but that's up to us if we want him to do that. Okay, so there are three potential targets. Two of those targets are outside the basement. The two that are outside the basement are both suspicious because they're very deep. It's not typically what you would see dug for like that area. They're eight to 10 feet deep. Does he give us any visual? He, yeah, he's, he's going to, he wanted to give me the preliminary findings as soon as they were finished, yeah. but he is going to upload a file to me okay. um, that has visuals. He said the visuals might not mean a lot to us because they're just gonna, you know they're, they're not yeah. yeah it's not like it's going to show that there's a body. It's like it's it's more exactly. objects for for him to say that's 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 odd. That's odd. So for us, I mean, they're just anomalies. You know, to, to untrained eyes, they're just going to appear to be anomalies. Okay. But for somebody who is experienced, he's he's said that they are suspicious. Could they be an outhouse having been dug or something, you know, a septic? He said, sure. But the depth is um, suspicious to him. So those are the two that are outside the basement. They did scan the shed and the old barn and there was nothing but metal debris. So there is a third potential target inside the basement. And the target inside the basement is suspicious because it was excavated deeper than the original basement was dug. So it's something buried in the basement and there is something inside the anomaly. Oh, shit. Yeah. 
he was able to identify where the old foundation of the basement was, um, the rock area, you know, all of that. But does, um, he, does he see where they buried it? Like all of the? He said there was a lot of debris, yeah. like on on a surface, not a surface level, but closer to the surface. Right. They, there was a lot of debris. Like I assume that's the stuff that they. Yeah, I just want to make sure that they're they're not picking up on anything that they buried under, no. when they when they purchased the property. There's the pictures that she sent us. Yep. That's not. No, he said this is dug under the floor of the basement. This is an area that was dug under the foundation. Fuck. Under. Yeah. So. He said that he would like to come back and do the rest of the property. They couldn't do it today because it was starting to rapidly thaw and um, it was getting very muddy. Okay. He's putting together the report. He's going to mail it to me. He said the next step would be to, is to auger a hole in those three target areas and obtain a sample and then present them to cadaver dogs. So this is just from human scent for them to see if the cadaver right. dog gives a hit? Yep, this is just generally to say, yes, it's, yes, um, it's it's, the dogs are indicating there there's a cadaver or could be a cadaver, but a cadaver dog wouldn't say, it's, uh, it's yes, Brittany. it's Brittany, no, it's not. Uh, this is just letting us know if there's something down there that is hitting, that he's getting a mark on, that's a cadaver, yep. right? Correct. How long does that take? Because I need a, I need a, the next move. I need. I'm already thinking about is law enforcement letting what's his name know, um, the new detective that hey we, yep. got, we got something going on over here. Uh, I just want to get you involved. Yep. Augering is basically like what they do when they go when people go ice fishing to make a hole in the ice. So he said he wants to do the rest of the property. So when he had talked to me, he was like, oh, it would take me about two and a half hours maybe. Um, I'm guessing that, that the rest of the property is what he thought he could get done in the two and a half. Maybe he had some anomalies get brought up and slowed him down. Then you have the, 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 the weather conditions. Is he talking about the rest of the property as in? I think what he was um, referring to was the rest of the parcel in the same area that he didn't get to. From my understanding, they did the shed and the old barn area and then went moved over to the foundation the basement around that area yeah are you, um, are you able to set up a three-way call with him yeah let's do a three-way call do you want me to try calling him now or do you want me to yeah. like set it up make an appointment um yeah give him a call do you want to call do you have to call me back on my cell phone yeah i have to call you on your cell phone all right give me a call back all right bye, bye. Oh, wow, that'll wake you up. Oh, man. Holy smokes. Every rumor about Don Hills starts to pass through my head. Like a film reel. Stories that Brittany was raped and killed there, held in a dog crate, burned to death. The reels repeat in my mind like a record skipping through the worst song on the album. The more that the reel plays, the more pressure I feel to get this GPR completed. 16 days after Brittany disappears, on December 15th, 2018, someone attempted to burn down Don Hill's house. Five days later, on December 19th, a second attempt was made 
Revealing the truth is like lighting a book of matches. It can bring light or it can set your world on fire. Put a pin in this and tack it on your mental bulletin board. Mike? Yes. Great. James is here. Hey, Mike. Hey, James. I'm good, man. How are you? I'm fantastic. I'm over here on obviously West Coast and Sarah messaged me this morning and said I needed to call her ASAP. It sounds like you, you came across some things out there at the property that we were at for Don Hill's house. What did you find? What that stuck out to you? So we found uh, one item, one anomaly in the basement. And, and let me back up a second. As you expect, you suspected, it looks like the foundation of the house was pushed into the basement. So there is a lot of uh, debris and mixed material on top of it. So it's kind of hard to see, you know, every square foot of the basement. But we were able to identify one area in one corner of the basement that was uh, significantly deeper than the bottom of the basement. And it seems to have something in it. I just can't tell what it is. Um, it, it looks kind of reflective. It's kind of flat when you run over it in one direction. It's just, it's just odd. It, it doesn't belong there, I guess is a better way to put it. In your opinion, would you say that this person who put this, or whatever this item is down there, has nothing to do with them originally when they took the house down and they threw the, the, the shit in the basement and everything like that? This is nothing nowhere near the same uh, material in the area of all the debris that they shoved down in the basement. This is deeper than that. So this would be intentional that somebody obviously buried this down. This isn't like uh, anything from Mother Nature that we're running into, in your opinion? Absolutely not. Yep. Okay. That's correct. There's there's also two anomalies outside the basement, just outside. One of them I think is probably a septic system. The other I'm not sure. The other the one that's directly behind the house or behind the basement is very odd too. And you know, it's another possibility. It's, it's quite a bit deeper than what I'd expect to be there. However, there probably was a well in some location, so you know, I just don't know about that one. Okay. But, but basically, there are three anomalies. And the, the one that's in the basement, um, you know, just because it's in the basement, strikes me as, as odd. It was definitely not during the house construction or, you know, part of the workings of the house or anything like that. And then with the basement, the one behind the house, what we thought maybe possibly could be uh, a septic. Correct. Third location is on the side of the house. If you were looking at it standing on the road, yeah. if you were standing in the driveway looking at the house, it's off to the left side of the house. We looked in, um, in Street View, too, to see if we could see anything there, because we were at Street View still has the old house. And there was no large trees or... You know, structures or anything like that in that area that we can see at least on Google Earth. So that makes that one quite odd too. That one is actually not as deep as the rest. It's only about um, four feet or so. Sarah, I mentioned that you were wanting to, just because of weather conditions, we had to wrap it up today. Uh, is that right? Correct. How much more do you need to do in order for you to complete the property? Well, we'd like to do the, like the whole thing. Right. The problem is is that this is probably the last day of uh, frozen ground we have. It started to, to get wet and mucky as we uh, as we wore on today. So we really only did the 
the area of the house and the area of the barn. You know, pretty good size areas, but not the complete site. And I really like to do the complete site. So we're just, you know, there is no, but then anything else left. Having said that, I don't know when, because it's going to have to dry out a little bit more. This was kind of our one chance. So I think we might have to wait now until the frost comes out of the ground, which could be a few weeks. As far as the item or the, the, the spots that you found to be in question, Sarah was explaining to me the process, but if you could, if you walk me through it, go yep. ahead and explain to me in your words. So what we normally do, because I've been involved in a bunch of these kind of things, and, and you know, a lot of times you find something that fits with the story, and then you find out later that's just not it. So we need to have anybody just go and start digging. So what we've developed over time is just to take a core sample at depth of, of the anomaly. Um, assuming we get down there, and it looks like we probably could. I, I don't know about the, the debris that's there. I mean, there's a ton of rocks. We may not be able to get there. But what we normally would do is auger a hole, take a sample of soil, uh, put it in a, a clean jar, and then present it to a cadaver dog um, somewhere else. Or have a cadaver dog on site either way. But um, usually, when you do that, you're bringing up the scent from down below. So it's easy for a cadaver dog to say yay or nay, as long as we have one that you know we trust, type thing. It's either that or, or dig up that spot. It's anything until we have a little more confirmation. With all the digging, the sampling, all that stuff, and when it gets when it comes to a dog, do I need to look for something for you guys as far as getting a dog that's I would rather you did because I, the, the dog I've been using for years actually just passed away recently. Miguel has a new dog, but he's not very well trained yet. So I would rather have one that, you know, we know is good. And I, I don't know of any currently. I can reach out to uh, a few people that I, I we can we can look up, and one of them is is the detective and see what he what he suggests and recommends for cadaver dogs as well. Okay, sounds good. And, and, you know, we're, we're, we're going to put it together on that Google Earth um, folder. So you'll have a, a share file folder. You'll be able to go in and do some pictures there and uh, of the anomalies and some other information will be there, too. Perfect. As well as the coordinates for those points. Perfect. Okay. That sounds great. That sounds great. I will... Sarah, I would say at this point, it might be... I think it would be best practice and approach for us to just let the... You know, as we're moving along, yep. um, just to keep them in the loop, so we're not—they're not wondering what's going on if they see anything. Um, and, and in your in your experience, this is—I mean, for you guys to be able to say, "Hey," I mean, that one below the basement really kind of sticks out to me. It would be right in the corner of the foundation, so right in the corner of the basement. And then go down deeper below the basement? Correct. Okay. And, and quite a bit deeper, you know, three or four feet, not just a, a, a few feet, you know what I mean? Like, it, it's considerably deeper. What I'll do is, I'll, I'll, like I said, I'll make my calls, and then Sarah, can we can get you over that summary of the case as well. And uh, we will kind of play it and go from there. Okay, sounds good. Thank you so much. We greatly yeah. appreciate yep. it. Nope, no problem at all. Good luck. So, what do you think? Wow, okay, well, 
The basement's always where they talked about it, but three, four feet. Uh, I I need to I want to contact Jason, the new detective. Mm-hmm. Let him know, but I don't want to get in front of like to get too far in front of it. This is me giving you the softball. Bring the cadaver dog. You know, let's say we find something like this is you. Your time to shine now. Go go do your job. Ultimately, like we need them. We need them. We have a good rapport with the detective working Brittany's case. He's been easy to work with, and we're always sure to keep him updated on our progress. So at this point, we feel it's best to contact him, share the findings of the GPR, and discuss how we proceed together. Through our discussion with the detective, we make a plan. The first step is arranging a date when everyone is available. This means Mike and Sean, the dog handler, the detective, and the property owners all have to agree on a day. For Mike and Sean, This will be their third trip out. The plan this time is to pull a soil sample to present to cadaver dogs. Ready to hear some good news? Hey, James, how you doing? Good, how you doing, sir? Good. Good, good, good. I heard, uh, I got some good news, and I imagine you've already talked to the detective? Yeah, yep, Jason. Yeah, sure did. Perfect. What did he tell you? He, um, he said that he's going to have a dog out there. He he said he was going to have a dog out there tomorrow, but since we had heard from him, I already booked up tomorrow. So we're going to meet out there Monday. And uh, evidently the, the uh, county has a dog handler with a cadaver dog and they are going to be there as well so yes he had mentioned that they were going to be out there they're going to be able to test and then for all the other additional anomalies that we probably can go back out in May and do the same thing and I was wondering do you actually foresee it being a challenge to get all the anomalies knocked out in one day no not at all yeah I think they can get them all um, it, it, it sounds like the dog handler is used to this kind of stuff because uh-huh. he said that um, uh, he was talking to her. I don't know her name, but um, that she's in the past has done um, probing to vent for gas. And that's exactly what you do. That's what we're trying to do with getting a sample with an auger. So um, she's right along the same lines. She's never worked with us before or any GPR company. So she's looking forward to it to, to work together. So I think that's good. Then if we find something else in the future, but we'll, we'll, I think we'll still be able to scan that other spot. Sean has it penned now yeah. and see if there's anything else there. While she's working on those spots with Sean, I can go ahead and just uh, keep going to scan some more of that yard. As long as the weather doesn't screw us, you know. Yeah, yeah. And, and correct me, I'm sorry for asking this again. Did you say that you thought you would be able to get it all done in one day with the auger? Or oh, yeah. Just one? Yep, okay. yep, I think so. Perfect. So we're not going to need to force this out until May. Right. Perfect. Oh, my goodness. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. 
Wow. Yeah, that should be good. Do you know what time on Monday? Nine o'clock. Any questions for me? Nope, I think it'll work. Awesome, I appreciate it. Okay, no problem. Have a good one. You too, bye-bye. All right, bye-bye. Yeah. Yes. Mike confirms that he's spoken to Detective Otten. He's also confirmed that the detective will be on site with cadaver dogs and a handler. Sarah reaches out to the property owners to make sure that we've gotten the green light from them for the date we have in mind. I like it when plans come together. Mike confirms that he's spoken to Detective Otten. He's also confirmed that the detective will be on site with cadaver dogs and a handler. Sarah reaches out to the property owners to make sure that we have the green light from them for the date we have in mind. I like it when plans come together, especially when it's something this important. In less than a week, Mike and Sean are set to finish the property scan and take soil samples from the previously detected anomalies. It's not a minute too soon either. We're quickly running out of time. Sarah and I have been working diligently day and night. The release of this season is fast approaching. And the day we've been waiting for is here. I get an early morning message from Sarah, confirming that we're set for success. Mike and Sean have the GPR set up and are ready to do the soil pool. The canine handler has arrived with her trusted canines. Law enforcement is on hand and a representative from our team is there. It's just before 6 a.m. for me. Sarah and I are in frequent contact throughout the morning. I hang up with her and head into my studio when the day begins to go from promising to discouraging. My computer won't turn on. For 45 minutes, I try everything I could think of. I've been less than proactive in my search for additional storage, so everything I have for this season is on that computer. Interviews, documents, trailers, the whole shebang. I call the closest Apple store, take the first available appointment, and pack the computer up. As soon as I'm in the car, I call Sarah back and tell her what's happening. It's a six-hour round trip, and I have no idea if I'll be leaving with my hard drive or not. And if I do, I don't know if anything on it will be recoverable. I'm on the road just over an hour when Sarah sends me a text message. Hey, I know you're on the road, so read this whenever you can, but there's an equipment failure. Mike and Sean won't be able to complete the soil pull today. They're an hour or more from the shop, so going to get the part they need and then returning just isn't feasible right now. But they did manage to complete the GPR on the remainder of the mapped area. Call me when you can. Okay, what's up? Hi. What's going so, on? So they did the second, the, the last half of the GPR. Oh, perfect. There's two more anomalies. Where at? One of them is in the area 
just outside of where we believe the old barn used to be. Okay. He could not locate the exact area of the old barn, but um, that that one is just outside where he believes that would be. How deep is it? Second one. Um, he did not give me a lot of specifics about that one um, because he said that one could be, you know, a, a pipe or, you know, something relatively explainable. So that's one of them, and then there's a second one? There is a second one. Where's the second one at? The second one is just outside of where the driveway would have been. The second one is six-ish feet deep. He tried calling Sue, the dog handler, but could not get a hold of her. Okay, has he talked to Jason? He called Jason and left a message, but he said that he has not heard back, and the um, the their telephone system, there's no way to reach an operator. Do you see where on the map he's talking specifically? Because He said it's outside of where the driveway would have been, just outside of where the driveway would have been. Okay. I don't know if that's the end of the driveway or where, but he said... He's going back to the shop and he's going to upload the information. He's also going to include Jason on the information upload because he needs him to see it. Yeah. Okay. Um. Mike sounds pretty. Can you call? Can we get on a three-way real quick? Sure. Awesome. Thank you. Okay. Bye. Bye. Sarah adds Mike and Sean into a conversation with us. Hey, James. Hey. Hey, how you doing? Good, how are you? Good, good. So, we listen intently while they explain what they saw on the graphs and why it's potentially significant. I'm looking at the graphs on my phone. Even if I was looking at them on my computer, these graphs are not easy to read. To the untrained eye, like mine, it just looks like a lot of jagged lines, disconnected dots and bumps, it's confusing for sure, but Mike and Sean do a great job walking us through what we're seeing. What we wanted to do was find that old barn. Remember that structure that you yeah. saw on Google Street View? So um, that's the area that we mostly concentrated on, and we didn't find any foundation from that barn. However, east of the barn, there was an area probably 20 feet by uh, 6 or 8 feet wide. Um, which just means it's, it's a kind of a cylinder 
in the old pictures, it would you would basically pull into the to the to the driveway, and then you would kind of continue around to the dog leg to the left of the house. Yep. Is it back there? Is that where you're talking about? No. It's right on that dog leg to the right. Oh, to the right. Yeah, just outside of the the gravel, the driveway, right on the radius, where it turns to the left. Okay. Just outside of that. Okay. I'm working on it right now. I'm working on editing that file so I can upload it for you guys so you can see for yourselves. Okay. What we're talking about. Okay. In your experience, does this graph reading, does it show anything that would show similarities to a human remains? Yeah, that's a really hard question to answer. Possibly. Okay. A small one, possibly, but I, I can't really can't say it. It's something. Um, and it's in a curious spot. It's deep. You know, way deeper than anything I can think of life would be there. Um, Possible, but I have no idea. Okay. Okay. So you're going to be sending an email off to us with the stuff, but also including Jason into that? Yes. Yeah, we're going to put Jason on that share file folder so he can see everything that we've got and everything we uploaded. I don't know when she wants to be out there again. Did you leave, uh, you left uh, Jason an email or a voicemail expressing this as well? Or at least letting him know you, what you found and then seeing if we can try to get the dogs out there maybe? Yeah, yeah, no, um, I'm going to. I, that was a dog lady I tried to reach out to. Right. Okay. Right. Okay, that sounds good. I appreciate it. I'll be on standby looking for those emails. I am. I actually have a six-hour drive today I have to make, um, so I will be on the road. I will be depending on... Final plans come to fruition. We have a full team on site. It's remarkable we're able to pull this off again. The canine handler and her canine team are there. The detective and other law enforcement have arrived. Mike and Sean are ready and have backup equipment this time, just in case. The property owners are on board once again, and a hide-and-seek representative is there to stay in contact with Sarah and I. The standing water has all but drained. The sun has come out, and it's even starting to warm up. Mother Nature has cooperated. Finally, I know Sarah and I would prefer to be there, but this is the best we can do right now. Images of the scene start to arrive to the both of us. This could be a really pivotal moment for Brittany's case. If this is where she is, today is her homecoming. Her family can finally have some sense of peace, and Greg and Jessica can lay their child to rest. The soil pools are complete. Sarah and I breathe a sigh of relief and inhale hope. Our representative tells us it's time. The canine handler presents the soil poles to her trusted partners. We've gone where the evidence and professionals have led us. We did everything we could to try to find answers about Don Hill's property, but there's no positive alert by the canines. We breathe another sigh. Only this time, there's no inhaling hope. As Sarah and I look at the images of the scene clearing out, we feel confident that if Brittany was there, we would have found her. The calls to deliver the news to Jessica and Greg and Emily, as well as Brittany's siblings, are difficult. Words are hard to force out. There's a heaviness in my chest, 
and I rely on faith to complete the tough task. I hear trepidation in every voice I speak to, unsure how to receive this news. I imagine for all of them, there's a struggle between relief and sorrow. Relief that their child and sibling hasn't been out there all this time, alone, waiting to be found. And sorrow for the unknown. No choice but to carry on and live through the experience of hearing news like this again. And who knows how many more times. For Brittany's family and friends, the unfairness of her absence is crushing. Of all the things that we get to choose in this life, we don't get to choose our nightmares. We don't get to pick them. They pick us. And waking up from them is even harder to do when you aren't actually asleep. Next time on Hide and Seek. So when I opened it, she asked for the name of the polygrapher. But like it has no previous conversation. And we've been talking obviously multiple times. So why it's empty? Like who is that? So, um, man, it's been a minute. I've been wanting to, to finally catch up with you. You're taking some someone's word, such as vows, and trusting that I, my intentions are good. So if you got any questions, shoot. Okay. They've always assumed it was your Cadillac at the chicken farm on the ring video. Okay, you have them. They're right there. It has the ring up in the top left corner. That's a security cam footage. I'm just curious of why my name even came out. How did my name come out? You know, how, where did it even come from? You see the passenger side door open. You hear someone, someone kind of screaming, this, that, and the third. What happened? This has fucking nothing to do with Britt's case, though, right? for listening to today's episode of Hide and Seek. If you'd like to take a more active role in the Hide and Seek community, come interact with us. Share your thoughts, opinions, and theories in the Hide and Seek Podcast Discussion Group. Find us by searching Hide and Seek Podcast Discussion Group on Facebook. The Hide and Seek Podcast is hosted, produced, audio engineered, and directed by James Basinger. Written, edited, and produced by Sarah Joe. Director of Photography and Editing is Ethan Schatz. Our graphic design is created by Jordan Robinson. <laughs>